You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. As we go through the ninth chapter of Pesachim, we are going to get into a whole set of mix-ups, mix-ups and confusions. And mainly about uh, mainly about designating an animal as a Pesach and then finding that for whatever reason we can't use it. And I wanted to just begin by bringing you a Pasuk from Vayikra. This is from the end, the very end of Vayikra. I think it's from the, the end of Bechukotai, which raises questions about what happens if we designate an animal for a holy purpose or designate, designate anything. If we make a vow that something is designated for a holy purpose and then we decide, we change our mind and we want to swap it out for something else, actually swapping that out creates some problems. And of course, designating an animal as a Pesach is just like designating an animal for any holy purpose. And the Pasuk is, Lo we don't we can't change it this refers to the object that's been designated that's been vowed over we can't we can't swap it out we can't exchange it and we can't substitute it either good for bad or bad for good in either direction but if we do substitute one animal for another animal who both the thing that we originally vowed and its substitute are holy. So we get into this kind of double situation where they're both holy to a certain extent. And we're going to see how that affects us if we, um, if we lose our Pesach. Is it possible to lose a Pesach? Well, of course it is, because we're going to designate an animal I mean, not just for ourselves, it's for a group of people. The Pesach is eaten in a group. We talked before about the fact that Pesach is about the unity of the Jewish people. You, you don't do Pesach by yourself. You do it in a group. So you can imagine if one person finds the Pesach for the group, there's multiple occasions when something might get wrong. You know, there's multiple, multiple um, situations where something might go astray. And the Mishnah we're going to begin by looking at. So we're in the sixth Mishnah of the ninth chapter. Examines the situation where someone loses his Pesach. So they designate a Pesach for the whole group. It's lost. They go off and designate a second one. And then, and then the first one is found again. So what have you got? You've got two Pesachs. What are you going to do? And Rabbi Yehoshua opens the batting, as we'd say in English. Amar Rabbi Yehoshua, Shamati, She Tumurata Pesach Kareva, U Tumurata Pesach Eina Kareva, Ve'enli Lefaresh. I've heard that the substitute of a Pesach, so that's an animal we substitute for a Pesach, I've heard that a substitute of a Pesach is sacrificed, and that the substitute of a Pesach is not sacrificed. I've heard both halachot. And I just cannot explain it. So Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva is the young student 
of Robert Yoshua. So this is really interesting. So the, the old rabbi can't explain it, but the young student comes along. Amar Rabbi Akiva, Ani Afaresh. <laughs> Rabbi Akiva comes, and Rabbi Akiva is a bit like the cleverest guy in the class, actually. So he comes along and he says, look, I can explain it for you. The Pesach, which was found before the slaughtering of the Pesach. What are we talking about here? We, we've lost our Pesach. Before we, we lost our Pesach, we designate another one. Before the number two is sacrificed, we find number one again. So we've actually got two live Pesachs. Okay? The Pesach, which was found before for the slaughtering of the Pesach. We're going to leave it to graze until it becomes unfit. Because what are we going to do with it? Well, we're not going to sacrifice it as a Pesach because we've got the second one now. But we can't do anything else with it. So, okay, what if we just put it in a field? Eventually, you know, just with the normal course of human and animal life, eventually it's going to develop some kind of blemish. You know, it'll scratch itself or it'll get scratched against another animal. At, at a certain point, it's going to be, it's, it's going to develop some kind of blemish. And then we can buy a, a, a peace offering, shlamim, with the money. And the same, by the way, applies to the substitute. So we're going to be sold. It works both ways. It works both ways. If we offered one, the other one, if we offer the first one, the second one's left over. If we offer the second one, the first one is left over. What about after the Pesach's been slaughtered. So after the Pesach's been slaughtered, I guess it is just it is just a substitute. After the Pesach's been slaughtered. So at this point, we have something which is definitely not a Pesach sacrifice because we've already slaughtered the first Pesach. So we know the second one, the one we found, uh, we, we know the one we found is definitely ineligible. There's no, it, it's not attached at all. Karev shlamim murato. We just offer it straight away as a peace offering, and the same applies to the substitute. Now, something similar will happen if we designate an animal that can't be sacrificed. What if we let, think about rather than a situation where we got two Pesachs, and we clearly can't use both of them, but they're both holy. What if we've got one, but we can't use it? So let's have a look at another Pesach, or another few Pesachim. This is, these are famous. This is the beginning of, of Parshat HaKodesh. Um, God speaks to Moshe and Aaron in the land of Egypt. He says this Month shall be the beginning of the month. These are the beginning of the, of the mitzvot about Pesach. Speak to the community of Israel and say that on the 10th of the month, they take a lamb. Again, we to a lamb to a family. Pesach is a group thing. 
not an individual thing. So they're going to take a lamb on the 10th of the month. And we learned yesterday that Pesach Mitzrayim starts on the 10th of the month. And if the household's too small for a lamb, then they're going to share with other households. So essentially, you, you, you could have 100 people, perhaps, sharing a lamb or a goat for Pesach. You build up a group that is big enough to eat the lamb. And then, and then the Pasuk says, your lamb shall be without blemish. It's got to be a one-year-old male. And it can be a sheep or a goat. It could be a sheep or a goat, but it has to be a one-year-old male. What's the significance of the one-year-old male? The... There's a tension in Pesach between poor man's food and rich man's food. But one of the things we're trying to do in Pesach is to share rich, we're sharing the food of the wealthy. And being able to slaughtering a one-year-old male is something you can only afford to do if you are rich. So what we seem to be doing here is... We are equalizing just as if just, you know, we're, we're giving everybody wheat to make matzah at, at the time when the new wheat harvest hasn't come in. And wheat is scarce and we're giving everybody a one year meat from a one year old male has to be a one year old male. So let's go back to our Mishnah. What if a person designates an animal for its for his Pesach, but it's a female? Or it's two years old. What are we going to do with it? We've designated it, but we can't sacrifice. Same answer. We're going to let it graze until it becomes unfit, until it, bec- until it develops a blemish. And then it can be sold. And then we can spend that money on a voluntary sacrifice. So we haven't substituted good for bad, but we've left it to a point where it can no longer be offered, and then we substitute it for its own value. What if he designated the right Pesach, but he's not there to slaughter it? Someone separates his Pesach, he designates his Pesach, and he dies. Now, And this does, by the way, assume that he has not, he's not yet part of a group He's not yet part of a group. If he were part of a group, of course, the other people in the group could take over his Pesach. This must refer to someone who's not part of a group. His son can't bring it after his death as a Pesach offering. His son could bring it as a, as a, as a peace offering. But he can't bring it as a Pesach offering because, as we discovered, actually, in some of these, say, for example, in the in when we were learning Zeraim in the um, in the Masachet of Truma, remember we learned that intention is everything. That you have to have the intention of designating the Truma, otherwise it doesn't work. And once you do have that intention, the status of the food changes. And it's the same with a Pesach. The intention to designate is absolutely critical. Once you designate it with intention, the status of that animal changes and um, it's not available to 
anybody else other than, of course, people in your group to use for their own purposes, for, to use for a non-holy purpose, or even to use for their own Pesach. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. Benedict.